Today's scripture is the 57th Psalm. Be merciful, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your rings I will take refuge. Until the destroying storms pass by. I cry to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame those who trample on me. Salah. God will send forth his steadfast love and his faithfulness. I lie down among lions that greedily devour human prey. Their teeth are spears and arrows, their tongues sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. Salah. My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my soul. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness extends to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. The word of God for the people of God. So one of my more annoying habits to my family is uh, I like to walk in the rain. If it suddenly starts raining or a thunderstorm or something like that, I'm not in any rush. I don't mind getting wet. In fact, I kind of love everybody looking at that tall, handsome, mysterious guy (laughs) walking through that rainy parking lot going, man, look at him, not even bothered. You know, there's a lot of pride and ego maybe that gets wrapped up into that. And so, perfect opportunity about three weeks ago, went to the grocery store. Just as I was checking out, just monstrous thunderstorm just rolls right in. Thunder, lightning crashing all around us. Just a monsoon of rain just comes pouring down right as I'm, you know, swiping the debit card, getting the groceries. I'm thinking to myself, this is my moment. Everybody's piled under the awning of the grocery store, and they're waiting for it to, to kind of calm down. And I just, I just walk right out of the parking lot, right in the midst of the storm, everything crashing around me, rain just pouring around me. And as I get to my truck with my groceries that are now flooded, I think to myself, this probably was not the best idea. <laughs> Storms can kind of pop in and around us so quickly. 
And we may think that we have a good handle on them. We may think that we've got everything figured out. But uh, sometimes things just go a lot further than anything that we ever really anticipated. And so uh, the last couple weeks for our family has been a little bit of a storm. Um, after two and a half years of superior genetics and dodging COVID, uh, finally caught me. And uh, Julie and I came down with symptoms at the same exact time, very similar. I'd like to say that my symptoms were worse. I think I just whined more. But, but it was interesting because it ended up coming at a time that um, I had other plans that were going on. I had uh, some trips that were planned. I was supposed to do some military training that had to get canceled at the last minute. Uh, I had to get orders that were moved. I had to make phone calls and other arrangements. And the chaplain that I called to cover for me ended up, he got COVID at the same time as well. And uh, we had some family that moved in with us that was helpful to be able to help with the kids. Uh, we had our 14th wedding anniversary right in the middle, which if you ever want to celebrate 14 years where you're both feeling miserable together, I guess that's something you can do. Just not really the way that we expected this to go. And then on top of that, to have to get ready for back to school, and uh, all of a sudden our email gets flooded with uh, 437 different emails about how to make back to school as painless as ever this year, downloading six to seven different apps that I'm not sure I'll ever use during the year. It's been a little bit of a storm. And so as we kind of navigate... Um, these storms that kind of pop up in our lives. Uh, luckily, uh, many of us come from a tradition here in the South that uh, we're pretty good at dealing with storms. In fact, uh, we've gotten so good with do dealing with um, literal thunderstorms and tornadoes and chaos that blow into our lives with our southern weather that it actually has given us a, a little bit of some tools to deal with some of those emotional, relational, and educational, and occupational storms that kind of blow into our lives as well. Because here, here in the south, we understand uh, with our weather that uh, if you don't like the weather, you can just wait five minutes and it'll change, Right? Another way of saying it is if you don't like the weather, just move five feet and it will be different. Julie and I are always amazed that as I'm working here in Alabaster and she's down in Calera, that we can be talking to each other and be experiencing two completely different weather patterns being only 12 minutes apart from each other. Now, here in the South, we have, we have the blessing of James Spann, don't we? James Spann has taught us many things about how to be prepared for storms. Uh, we all have a safe space. Uh, if I can't find my, my Kevlar helmet for some army training, I always know that it's probably in our central bathroom because we had a, a thunderstorm and Julia wanted to make sure that we had all of our headgear in place. We've got bicycle helmets that are always nearby. We've got a plan of what to do in certain emergencies. And, and so we're prepared uh, we've had a method to sort of get us through this madness. Um, however, uh, storms in the south, they, they tend to move pretty quickly. Usually if we can kind of make it through the, the 10 minutes that maybe a storm is passing through our neighborhood or uh, maybe an afternoon that we need to keep an eye on the radar, uh, typically they blow through pretty quickly. Uh, but how do we deal with those storms in our lives that don't blow through really quickly? of things that happen in relationships or our job or uh, different things that happen that, that all of a sudden, man, we're, 
we feel like we've been in a storm for a while. Weeks, months, years of just feeling like we're just constantly getting tossed around in this chaos. So for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, finding a method for the madness. Now, luckily, uh, we're Methodists. And it's, really, it's built right there into our names. Uh, when we do things like our starting points class, which we're going to start a new starting points class next, uh, next Sunday at 3 o'clock from 3 to 4.30, uh, we're going to talk about what it is to be a Methodist. We're going to talk about uh, what, what it is to be a member of this church for those that are interested. And, and it's built right into our name. When I, when I sit down in that class and people say, uh, what does it mean to be Methodist? Uh, what I like to say is it means that we kind of we have a method to our madness. We're, we're methodical in the way that we think about our faith. We're methodical in the way that we work on our relationship with God. Uh, daily practices and, and different things that we can do that sort of constantly reexamine our lives, that reexamines our relationship with God, uh, our relationship with others, and the relationship that we have with ourselves and who God has created us to be. We think through those and we're intentional about uh, how we can change practices and behaviors and how we can be more intentional with study in our lives so that we can grow in our faith in ways that we can see, in ways that, that we can look back. And uh, maybe this year we can look back over the last uh, two to three years maybe or even ten years and be, man, God has been doing some things in my life. God has been showing up in incredible ways. And so our lives become a testimony of the goodness, the greatness, and the faithfulness of the promises of God. Because we can look back over that in methodical ways and see how God continues to show up. And so we as Methodists, we should be great at sort of these practices that help carry us through the madness of our lives that pop up in really incredible ways. And so the first thing that we want to talk about today, and, and what is sort of a method that we have for the madness that pops into our lives, is rejoicing always. Now that sounds really great. That sounds like when we've got great things going on in our lives, and God is blessing us, and things are going great, and relationships are great, and jobs going great, and finances have nothing to worry about, and everybody in the community thinks we're great, we've got a lot to rejoice. But the, the thing about being methodical is, if we just rejoiced when everything was great, we'd probably only be rejoicing at the most half of the time. Half of our lives? Maybe not even that much? Some of us have been through periods of our lives where most of the days out of our week, we were fighting to find something to rejoice about. And so how do we rejoice in those hard moments? How do we rejoice in those moments that have been broken down by sin, by darkness, by anger, frustration, those constant storms that pop up all around us? How do you find a space to rejoice during those moments. Because if we find a space to understand what it means to rejoice in difficulty and adversity, then we truly have that safe space. We truly have that faith that's a little bit more resilient. We have that, that witness that begins to be that witness that others need to see in this life of what it looks like to, to have hope when everything looks hopeless. And we get to be that brighter light for the kingdom of God that others begin to see and want to draw closer 
to the love and the life of God. So we look at Psalm 57 today. And Psalm 57 is an incredibly unique psalm. And I love Psalm 57 uh, because it's called a psalm of lament. And what a psalm of lament is, is there are several in the book of Psalms. Uh, we don't talk about them very often. There's not a lot of praise songs about them. There's not a lot of the hymns about psalms of lament because usually it's about us telling God how hard life really is. And psalms of lament are so important because when we read them and we're going through difficulty in our lives, we look over those words of those psalm writers and we say, yes. This is what I'm feeling. Life is hard. There's destructive storms. There's people out to get me. There's pitfalls and nets that trip me up. And life is a struggle. And sometimes it feels like madness. And the little subheading for this particular psalm is a psalm of David when he was on the run from King Saul and hiding in the cave. Now, the, the heading to a lot of the psalms is they're not necessarily always meant to be historic. They're not meant that this particular psalm was written at that particular moment, but they're more illustrative uh, to think about that here is a particular situation uh, that this psalm would apply in. When you're going through difficulty, when you're going through adversity, when you feel like you're being persecuted unfairly, some scholars believe that this psalm was used in the temple worship as a part of the community, um, and it was styled after one who feel, felt like they were being falsely accused. And it had a place in the community worship to give voice to some of the struggle that happens in life. And if you read through the psalm, what makes this such an amazing psalm, and one of the reasons why I love it so much, is it's almost like a seesaw. It's almost like a teeter-totter, Right? is you have all of these things talking about how life is really hard and it's a struggle. And you have things like a destroying storm. You have things like uh, adversaries that are uh, so predatory. It's like they're lions with teeth that are like knives and spears coming after me. It talks about people digging, digging pits for me, hoping that I fall into them. It talks about people casting nets to try to trip me up. But in between those scenes and those verses, it talks about God's faithfulness. It talks about God's love. And so it trades back and forth between testifying to God that this life is full of struggle and hurt and pain. But God, I know that you're still with me. And I don't always see it right now. But I've seen it through the times before this, and I have faith that I'm going to see it again. See, the thing is that there is so much darkness and hurt and pain in this world that when we find how in, the, how in God's name will we ever find a way to rejoice in this life, we find that if our rejoicing and if our praising of God's name only comes in response to goodness that happens to us or happiness or blessings that we can see, then we miss that the reality of God's presence, the reality of God's grace, and the reality of God's deliverance comes most richly. We're in the midst of hardship and difficulty. 
and that there is something to rejoice and there is something to proclaim and there is something to praise in God's presence and God's names, especially when we're at the bottom of those pits, especially when we're tripped up in those nets, especially when we feel like the world is stacked up against us, then there is a witness to say that at least God is still for us. And there is something incredible that comes out when we rejoice intentionally. When we rejoice as an intentional practice, as a methodical practice, that we get used to saying the words of rejoice, not in just the perspective of what we're looking at right now here in this moment, but understanding the fullness and the eternity of the love and the grace of God of rejoicing intentionally and methodically in every situation that we come to, not trying to all of a sudden reason our way through it and find out maybe what God has to bless me with this, even when things are hurting, but rather to just say that the language of God's creation is love. That death does not have the last word, that suffering does not have the last word, that misery and hurt and pain and darkness are all just chapters in a larger story of God's grace and God's salvation and God's life and love in this world. And we get to have a small part of that. So as I was coming out of the grocery store in the midst of this monsoon, and I thought to myself, what in the world have I gotten myself in the midst of? I remember I got into my driver's side uh, seat and I, I turned on the truck. And as soon as I sat in uh, the seat, I could just feel the amount of water just spread all around me. And I was like, this is not going to be good. And I drove to the house, and as I got to the driveway, uh, I remember I, I got all the groceries, and I came into the house, and Lavender met me at the door, and uh, she whipped open the door, and she said, Dad, you look like you just jumped into a pool. And I remember with as overwhelmed as I was with the severity of that storm, which, by the way, probably not wise to walk through a flooding parking lot while it's lightning, I remember that I walked into the house with a smile on my face. And I walked in rejoicing in probably one of the most ridiculous moments that I could think of at that time. And that one storm became a story that I still tell and that we enjoy and that every time it rains since then, uh, the girls always remind me <laughs> of how wet I got during that one storm. But the perspective of that moment was something that was so much bigger than what I first realized. And sometimes the storms that we go through in our moment, in our lives, they, they offer us a small part of a perspective that later on that we can see. That we can't always see the horizon. We can't always see the dawn. We don't know what comes on the other side of the storm. In fact, uh, the psalmist in this particular psalm opens up this particular lament saying, that there is a destroying storm around me. The psalmist's life is being turned upside down, is being wiped off the map, and finds refuge in the shadow of God's wing. The life is not always the same on the other side of the storm. It is not always one where we crack ourselves with a smile and we tell good stories. Sometimes it's memories that continue to hurt us and to break us. But we are reminded that when we walk through the storm, we become that 
that, that voice that becomes the counter witness to all the other darkness in this world. There are plenty of other prophets talking about darkness. There is plenty of other voices telling us about how our world is falling apart. But we continue to walk forward in faith and rejoicing and declaring the truth and the faithfulness of God. We become uh, that, that other voice, that testimony that there is still hope and there is still joy and there is still life. Where others see misery and we still see hope, we still see faith, we begin to be a counterexample of what that looks like. And we declare that the language and the reality of this universe is love. It's not darkness or hopelessness. It's deliverance. And we're able to praise in those moments, even before we've seen the dawn, even before we've seen the hope that comes, we become the prophet and the herald and the voice that the world needs to hear that there is still something better on the way. So as I close today, I want to close with the words of the psalmist in verse 7. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my soul. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. May our voices be the voice that heralds in the dawn of hope, of deliverance, of grace, and of mercy. When we rejoice in some of the hardest circumstances to find something to praise, but we become the first witness of hope and of life in this world. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Because, Lord, there are often times where maybe we can't find a good reason to give you thanks. And yet, Lord, we realize that it's your word and it's your kingdom that has the last word. It's, a, it's such a subversive and intentional act to look further and to seek that what kills us now has no voice in eternity and has no hold over the dawn that's coming. And that every moment of every act with God is an expression that love and not hurt is the language of creation, that life and not death is the reality of eternity. Be with us as we carry your voice and we rejoice for your name in the days to come. Amen.